This is the SETN Podcast with Chris Goforth and Chandler Morrison, covering high school football in Chattanooga and the Southeast Tennessee area. The SETN Podcast. Well, it's round two of the playoffs in the state of Tennessee, and here on uh, SETN Preps, we will take a look at week number two. We'll get you ready for a, um, I can't say a full Friday night of football, Chandler, because unfortunately (laughs) we did lose a few last Friday night, so the number of teams we have left grows even smaller. We've got a couple of games this week that match up our local teams against each other, so we're going to have a few more teams that get uh, eliminated this Friday night. We have 15 teams eliminated in round numero uno. 11 teams remain in the playoff hunt. So let's see what round two brings us, Chris. All right, before we get to that, Chandler, a couple of news and notes on the week. We talked about last week and it being the opening round of the playoffs. A couple of teams were able to get their first playoff wins a week ago. Uh, if you read uh, Victory Formation by Don Stewart, which we always say is a must-read every week, you'll see that there are five teams across the state that got their first playoff win in school history. Two of them have Chattanooga Times. The first one we're going to say, we didn't mention this last week because I guess we just didn't know it at the time. Grace Baptist, they got the 27 win over Kempton Rosemark last week. That's their first playoff win in history. They are now 1-7 in the playoffs. You know, you're talking about a team that has never gotten out of the first round, Chris. And it's just, even when they were, you know, you're talking about a team, too, that was in single A, I believe, Chris. Am I right? They were in single A when they were in in the public school era, era, I guess. you We call it an era now, Chris. It's about to be over. Uh, But but they got their win last week, the first playoff win in school history. And it's it's just a great story that it came in Division Two. But uh, they've got a game coming up this week against Davidson Cattle we'll talk about later. On the other end of the spectrum, Pope John Paul II uh, traveled to Baylor last Friday. They got the win. Baylor, oh, they upset Baylor. We weren't expecting it. I don't, I don't know. Did we pick that one, Chris? Did we pick that one right, or do you remember? Mm, I can't <laughs> remember how we went on that one. I think we went homer on that, Chris, which is typically our default. Yeah, I can, <laughs> I can look and see. Hang on. I can tell you how we... I want to say that we did go homer on that one, but I think I can uh, I think I can tell you. Give me one quick second, and let me look. This is fantastic podcasting right here. <laughs> we we both went Baylor. So we both went Baylor, and, you know, because Pope John Paul has not had the best track record in the playoffs. I didn't know they had never won a playoff game, Chris, but Friday night they go on the road to Baylor, okay? And they win that that game. It, it, it is the first playoff win they've had, 49-28. I, I think that's just a fantastic story, although for our Baylor people, our Chattanooga heavy people, that's, that doesn't sit as well. But you got both ends of the spectrum with Grace winning their first playoff game and Baylor giving their first play, take, giving the first playoff win to Pope John Paul II this past Friday. So I thought those were two pretty interesting uh situations there Chris those are pretty interesting and and one thing that I want to add to Chandler you know last week when we were talking about Smith County I told you then I thought there was a chance there might be a uh, a change in the head coach at Smith County 
and mm-hmm. sure enough, that happened this week. So there's another job yep. that has come open among uh, high school coaches now, this one at uh, at Smith County, which is traditionally, that's a very good program, and they've won a ton of games yeah. and had a lot of success there. But uh, they decided to, to make a change at the end of this season. So, uh, all right, if you're ready, let's go ahead and jump in and uh, let's start taking a look at some of these games this week. Can we start in 1A? 1A good with you? That's fine with me. Yeah, we got a couple of local teams left. Uh, South Pittsburgh has to travel to Gordonsville this week. Mm-hmm. And then we have a matchup of two local teams in Whitwell and Lookout Valley this week in round two of the playoffs. Chandler, I know we're kind of picking one game out of each classification to focus on, but it, I want to talk about both of these games. Um, mm-hmm. First, let's go Whitwell at Lookout Valley. Whitwell won the first meeting 47 to nothing. Lookout Valley in that first matchup. Chandler, they had two nine-play drives and an eight-play drive that ended in two punts and a fumble. So you look at this, and on paper, you you look at Lookout Valley, and you say, man, they got no chance. They got no chance. Mm -hmm. Lookout Valley's got to finish drives, and they can't turn the ball over. That's what the key to this game for Lookout Valley is going to be because, look, Whitwell's got the better roster. Whitwell has got more talent. But if Lookout Valley can hang around in this thing for a little while, if they can put together a couple of eight and nine play drives and instead of having to punt or turn it over, if they can cash those in and come away with points, maybe they can hang in this game for a while. And you know what? You get it late in the game. Who knows what can happen, um, especially with what could be uh, some questionable weather, if you will, Friday night. There is some uh, a very good chance of some rain in the forecast or at least a wet playing surface mm-hmm. on Friday night as well. Also, South Pittsburgh and Gordonsville, two teams that know each other very well, two teams that have played each other in the playoffs a ton. I think Gordonsville is one of the most difficult places in 1A football to go in the state and play, um, they always turn out. It's a uh, it's a, always a big crowd. It's always loud there. It's just kind of an intimidating place to go play. Uh, as is South Pittsburgh when the Pirates get to be at home. This time they have to go to Gordonsville again. These teams know each other well. Gordonsville to me is awfully one dimensional. They've got that one fantastic running back, and they just feed that kid the ball constantly there. It's not uncommon for him to get 25, 30 carries in a game. Question for South Pittsburgh will be can the Pirates stop the run? Yes, I think they can. Not only that, I think we'll see South Pittsburgh throw the ball a little bit on Friday night. I think Braden Sanders could have another big night for South Pittsburgh. As uh, I think Whitwell and, and South Pittsburgh both win this week and set up the rematch for them in the quarterfinals next week. We haven't talked a lot about Braden Sanders this year just because the games he's played in, the games that Pittsburgh played in, him not being the one at the forefront, except for the Whitwell game, maybe one or two others. But he's a really good quarterback, and we kind of, you know, there's a lot of great quarterbacks in this area, Chris, and we don't get to mention all of them. But Braden Sanders is definitely one that's kind of flew out of the radar, even though we all know how good he is. But, Chris, this is a game, like you said, they play each other in the playoffs twice, or a lot, excuse me. And since 2001, Chris, they play each other ten times. South Pittsburgh has the edge 6-4, but listen to this, Chris. South Pittsburgh's 4-2 and two at home against Gordonsville. In this stretch, they're two and two at Gordonsville, so it's a toss-up 
at Gordonsville, and usually when Gordonsville wins, it's a close game within one score. That's just the way that this this rivalry is kind of shaped up. You know, and Chris, I, I want to say something. You know, we talk about that Lookout Valley Wibble. It might be close. It might be not. It just depends on what Lookout Valley, if they can put together a lot of stuff. But this is where that loss to Will earlier in the season starts to hurt and come back to bite South Pittsburgh. Because now, if, if they are to continue this playoff run, Chris, They've got to go through Gordonsville, through Whitwell, and through Greenback all in three weeks, hypothetically, Chris. And that's a tough gauntlet for anybody in, in 1A. I don't care who you are, anybody really in the in the small schools. That's a hard uh, path to go through. But I, I think South Pittsburgh will be tested this week. I think this is going to be you know a closer game than what most maybe expect. I think South Pittsburgh, and they're waiting on that South Pittsburgh-Whitwell matchup. I say I don't think the South Pittsburghers looking Gordonsville over Gordonsville at all because this is a rivalry type game and Vic Ryder just doesn't look over teams. You know, you got a Gordonsville team that's only lost to Trousdale, to Watertown, and that's 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 some two good losses, Chris, if there is such a thing. Gordonsville's gonna rush the ball. They have the ability to beat you today. This one will come down to whoever holds onto the ball better, whoever doesn't have the turnovers at the end of this game, Chris. If South Pittsburgh wins and Whitwell wins, South Pittsburgh would come to Whitwell next week. If Gordonsville wins and Whitwell wins, I believe Whitwell would be on the road at Gordonsville the uh, the following week in the quarterfinals. Yeah, that's that's very interesting, Chris. So that uh, that creates, um, you know, certainly if you're if you're Whitwell, I think you want to you want to take care of business against Lookout Valley, but. Uh, not that, you know, look, it's tough to beat the uh, same team twice in one year, uh, let alone mm-hmm. beat a team like South Pittsburgh twice in one year. That would mm-hmm. That's pretty much unheard of. Um, I think in the times that South Pittsburgh has split uh, meetings with, uh, with, with teams where they've played twice in the same season, South Pittsburgh has only been swept one time, and that was in 2003 by Boyd Buchanan when uh, Boyd mm-hmm. Buchanan was on their way to winning a state championship. They beat South Pittsburgh in the regular season and then beat them in the playoffs. Typically, if South Pittsburgh wins in the regular season, um, well, typically, if you have to see them twice, if you lost to them the first or you, you beat them the first time, they're going to get you the second time. That's that's just typically mm-hmm. how it goes. So um, th- I think those two 1A games this week have a chance to be Really interesting. Whitwell, I thought, looked a little, got off to maybe a little bit of a slow start last week. Some penalties early kind of slowed them down a little bit. You know, if things like that can allow a team like Lookout Valley to maybe hang around a little bit longer in this time of the year, who knows what can happen, especially if you've got, uh, you know, some tough field conditions on Friday night. Let's move on to 2A. In 2A, we've got a couple of more local teams uh megs county and rockwood rockwood knocked off a a number two seat in hampton last week seven mm-hmm. to six i think megs county is going to drop the hammer on rockwood chandler the more interesting game for me in 2a is tyner and trousdale county i think boy if you were to just if you were to sit down and draw out like your dream matchups that you would want to see in high school football. I think Tyner and Trousdale County would be it. Um, and I, I got to, you know, there's a couple of things here. One, who does Trousdale County put on 
Tyner's Mr. Football semifinalist in Jeremiah Batiste. <laughs> now, I think they're going to put Kevont Baines, who is their best player, their best athlete. He plays quarterback. He does play some on defense. I think they're going to put him on Baptiste quite a bit. Um, and if Trousdale is going to win this game, Baines has got to play well, and he's got to play on both sides of the ball. And if you match him up against Baptiste, then I got to wonder, okay, you're taking him out because he normally plays a safety position. You're taking him essentially out of the box in terms of run support, and I think that's where Tyner can can really beat you up is that if they can get mm-hmm. numbers on you in the box and they can run right at you for six, seven, eight yards at a clip. Here's what I can tell you about this game. This is the one fact, Chandler, that you can take about this game. This will be the most physical football game played in the state of Tennessee Friday night. It may be the most physical football game played all weekend in the state of Tennessee. I I don't think the (laughs) Titans, Vandy, Tennessee, UTC, Carson Newman, uh, Memphis, I don't think anybody will hit as hard as these two teams will hit and get after each other on Friday night. I mean, Chris, these are two very comparable teams. I think Watertown, Tyner, and Trousdale are honestly inseparable at this moment with Tyner probably having the advantage there. That's how good they all really are. To me, Tyner is, is really good, but they have one of the hardest rows to a title game. We've talked about this this season. Sometimes when you schedule tough, it comes back to bite you. Now, I'm not sure that it will for Tyner. I think when you've got a good team like you've got, and they've been relatively injury-free this, this season, Chris, knock on wood, but it's easy in this situation to look ahead. And, I'm not, and this is a really good Trousdale team. This is. But this is not a Trousdale team that has been like the teams we've seen here in the past. It would be easy for me to look ahead to, to Watertown or Mex County and be thinking about that in the back of my mind, Chris. This will be a tight battle. You wonder, you know, you wonder if the running back by committee approach is going to be the key to this game. Because if you're saying what you're saying is right, Chris, they're going to have an open box. And when you put a, a lesser box in there, when you put your lesser guys in the box in there, Tyner just has a field day. You know, when the ball can come from any back on the field, that can completely change the game, Chris. It feels something to me feels off about this matchup. It feels like Tyner should be the clear favorite because of what we've seen this year, Chris. But it just feels like this is closer to a toss-up game than what most people are, are, are projecting. And it very well could be. I mean, it could come down to, you know, the last possession. It could come come down to who has the ball last. I see this being a very competitive game, though. I think the score is probably in the upper 20s. I think if you can get to 30 in this game, you can win this game. Um, I think 30 is the magic number. Score 30 and you win. Um, I don't think either one of these teams will be able to put up 40-plus points or even Mm -hmm. 35-plus points on the other one because I think these defenses are just too good. I think 30 is the magic number. As you mentioned, Chandler, the winner of Tyner and Trousdale County, they'll get either Westmoreland, who uh, is uh, now 8-3 on the year, or unbeaten Mm -hmm. 11-0 Watertown 
next week. Westmoreland struggled with Polk County last week in a win. Watertown hammered Bledsoe County last week. So I think there's a good chance whoever wins between Tyner and Trousdale County, they're getting Watertown next uh, Friday night. And then in the other game that we I mentioned briefly, Rockwood and Meigs County, the winner of that will get the winner of Oneida and South Green. Um, and I think Meigs County can roll right. I mean, Meigs County, the path to the semifinals for for Meigs County is there. I mean, they are Probably not the going to be. State. Oh, my gosh, yes. They, they are not going. <laughs> Meigs is not going to be challenged until they get to the semifinals, and that will either be against Tyner, who I believe it will be, Trousdale County, or possibly Watertown. It's going to be one of those three teams, though, but they're not going to be tested until they get to that point. Oh, sorry. Let's move on to 3A, where we've got, unfortunately, another matchup that pits two of our local teams against each other in Red Bank and uh, Sequatchie County. Sequatchie County traveling to Red Bank this week. This is another game, Chandler, that's going to be pretty physical. The question I have for you is, does Sequatchie County have enough speed to keep up with Red Bank? Because that's what Red Bank has on offense is Calvin Jackson and a bunch of guys that can run. Sequatchie County secondary, you know, we it's never been one of those things where Sequatchie County secondary is known for being good, Chris. I, just to be honest, they're known for running the ball and stopping the run, not really – for being able to stop the pass, even when they've been able to pass, Chris. My my, my point was actually going to be that if, if they don't just get flat-out beat by the speed of Red Bank, they've got a chance here as far as in the passing game, in the secondary. But, Chris, the outright speed of Red Bank, the ability that they are to be as balanced as they are, last time these two teams played, you know, you had the – Red Bank was able to just throw those short passing routes. They were like the Patriots showing those five-yard, you know, throwing the five-yard routes out there, and they were winning the ball game that way. And remember, Chris, this game last year was a first-round matchup. Red Bank won 21-3 and probably their tightest game of the playoffs last year. And both these teams have a lot. I think Sequatchie lost more. You've got a great quarterback in Wilkie, Calvin Jackson. But Calvin Jackson just didn't seem to be – Exactly the same back since he got back from injury, but he's still a pretty good back, Chris, considering that he's back from injury. Oh, he's, uh, you know, let me tell you, it's hard to argue with the numbers he's put up since he's been back. Yeah. If he plays a full season, uh, he is a uh, he is a semifinalist for Mr. Football in 3A, I believe. I don't see how you keep him out of there um, based mm-hmm. upon what he has done and what has been a partial season. Chandler, do you remember week one? Can you think that far back? You remember week one? You want have to give me a second, Chris. <laughs> if you remember, you? if you remember week one, you remember the game between Red Bank and Saudi that had to be mm-hmm. canceled. Do you remember why they had to cancel that game? They had the issue with the the storm drain. Am I right? Storm drainage at Red Bank. Where is this game being played Friday night, Chandler? At Red Bank in the rain, potentially. And I think that bodes well for Sequatchie County in this. I think if I'm Sequatchie County, I want a sloppy field. I want this thing to be muddy, and I want to try to slow this game way down. I want to slow it down as much as I possibly can, limit Red Bank's possessions, 
And if I'm Sequatchie County, I want to try to win this game, you know, 20 to 18, uh, mm-hmm. 20, you know, 24, 21, that type deal. Um, I, you know, you don't want to get into a shootout with Red Bank because you're not going to win it that way. But I think the yeah. rain, the sloppy field conditions, I think all of that plays into uh, into Sequatchie County's favor. Yeah, Chris, and if you have a sloppy game like that, if Sequatchie County can get on the board early and maybe a couple of times early and it's a sloppy game like that or even turns into a sloppy game, Chris, that defense, I think, can hold down in, in a sloppy game like that better than any other defense that you're going to see because they don't necessarily have the speed or even the agility sometimes, but if you, if the game is slowed down to their speed, they can play some daggum good football, Chris. And I think that if this is a rainy game, it bow, it does bode well for Sequatchie County. This sets, by the way, the winner of this game between Red Bank and Sequatchie County. Uh, they will get the winner of York Institute and Upperman mm-hmm. next Friday night. York Institute uh comes in at uh, nine and two on the year. Upperman comes in now at eleven and zero after beating up on Loudon last week. Upperman, pretty good football team. All right, let's go to four yeah. A now. Where, oops, we have no teams left, Chandler. We have no four A <laughs> games to talk about. I will say this: you've got Greenville and uh, Sullivan South, and Elizabethton and Anderson County. I think this sets up, first off, I think Elizabethton and Anderson County should be a pretty good game, but I think mm-hmm. the idea that you get a quarterfinal matchup between Anderson County and Greenville next week, um, I think that could be uh, one of those interesting playoff games in uh, in 4A. Yeah, that looks like a really, really good matchup and a really, really good bracket, even though there are no Chattanooga teams in there right now, Chris. Let's move on. Let's go to Class 5A now, where we have Oak Ridge at Soddy Daisy this week. 5A and 6A, those teams from our area, they struggle against teams from Knoxville and Upper East Tennessee in November. For Soddy Uh Daisy, it's been a great story the last couple of weeks. I like the fact that Soddy gets a home game this week, uh, and Oak Ridge has to travel to Soddy Daisy. Can Saudi win this game? Yes, I think they can. But I think things have to happen for Saudi to do that. I think they've got a I think Oak Ridge has to come in and you need to get a turnover if you're Saudi Daisy in this one. You need a turnover. I think a sloppy field might help Saudi a little bit as well. But mm-hmm. I, I totally yeah. think you gotta have you need a couple of penalties at not just penalties, but penalties at inopportune times. And I also think you need to get a turnover or two for Saudi Daisy to be able to to hang in this game and get to the quarterfinals. It's been a great story for Saudi. The question is, you know, can they make it one more week? Can they stretch it one more week? Given all these guys have had to battle back through, I mean, it feels like every week they're having, you know, they are. You know, they are David having to go against a Goliath every week, partially because mm-hmm. of the injuries that have hit Saudi Daisy. Yeah, Chris, but the thing is, when they've had to go up against Goliath, they've been really, really competitive. They've won some games that we didn't expect them to win. They've held close to games that we thought they should have been taken out of the woodshed, Chris. 
you know, Oak Ridge is definitely, I think, when you look at this, strictly on paper, Oak Ridge is, is favored in this one. But I think these teams match up fairly well on the field. Both of these teams have been really competitive with six, eight teams, Chris. And, you know, as far as Ottawa and Bradley Central for Saudi, and then, you know, Baradis, Science Hill, or not Baradis, Science Hill. Uh, but there's some teams up there that they played in six, I think Harden Valley, they played some Farragut's. They've been really competitive with Cy Daisy has that offensive line we talked about all season, but Oak Ridge has a pretty good one as well. They've been able to let that backfield rush for almost 2,300 yards this season. And the two-headed monster of Jordan Graham, Herbert Booker, is deadly. They've combined for 1,400 yards just this season. I think this one will come down to whoever can execute better through the air. I mean, yes, I think Saudi's going to need some sort of turnover, some sort of break in this game to go their way. But I think that whoever executes better to the air has the chance to win this one. And especially if Gavin Chambers has been there for Saudi Daisy, I think they've got a really good shot of holding in, at least holding close in this game, Chris. Winner of this game advances to the quarterfinals against the winner of Knoxville Fulton and Knox Catholic. Knox Fulton off to a 10-1 start on the year. Um, I think Fulton is uh, a really good team, and I think Knox Catholic is a team that we've talked about off and on this year. Um, uh-huh. Chandler, they struggled with a 4-6 and six Knox Webb team last week, but Catholic just hadn't been able to get healthy um, since very early in the year, and I think that's been mm-hmm. part of their problem. Let's go to Class 6A now where you have Farragut and Ottawa. Again, this is where teams from our area and the higher classifications, they end up facing those teams in Knoxville and teams from Upper East Tennessee, and that's usually where the season ends. So I guess the question is whether or not Ottawa can keep it going for a couple of more weeks. This game to me, and we've talked so much about Kyrell Sanford and, and Sincere Quinn this year, this isn't, a, isn't about the Ottawa skill guys. We know Ottawa's got skill guys. This mm-hmm. is about the Ottawa offensive line and whether or not those guys up front can do the job. Can they control the line of scrimmage? If Ottawa is going to win and beat Farragut, it's got to start there. Yes, all the cliches about we can't turn the ball over, blah, 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 you know, run the football, stop the run, all that, yes, they're all true. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, this game is going to boil down to whether or not that Ottawa offensive line can make the blocks they need to bl- to make in order to be able to set um, this tremendous skill group that they have at Ottawa to be able to set those guys up to go make plays. Chris, you know, Ottawa, to me, has been more battle-tested as far as tight games and tough situations, but Farragut has been tested with just flat-out their teams. You know, you got the Science Hills, the Barrett, you know, the Knoxville teams are just better, you know, for the most part. This Ottawa offense is something to behold, Chris. We talked about we talked about Cy Daisy's offensive line. Ottawa has got to step up that offensive line, like you said, and let those skill guys do what they need to do. On paper, these two teams look like they match up well, and I, I mean, I've said that for a lot of games this week, but that's been true in just about every game that these tight games they match up really well, and so it's hard to pick, you know, who's who's got the better secondary, who's got the better, you know, rushing attack, but. I think they match up well. I wouldn't be surprised if this was, you know, a, a barn burner, Chris, because of the big playability of both of these teams, you know, and, and you know, 
I have to give right, right now at this moment, you got to give the edge to Ferry in, in the matchups because that defense has allowed no more than 24 points in any game this season. Five times they've held teams to two scores or less this season. Let's move on over to Division Two now. We'll start with the uh, the small school classification, Class A in Division Two, where Grace is at Davidson. Davidson unbeaten on the year. They are ten and zero, and with Grace, it all boils down to one guy. That's Cade Tinsley. He does it mm-hmm. all for Grace. I mean, literally, this guy does it all for Grace, and it's going to take another phenomenal effort from Cade Tinsley it, to, for him to be the beast the one-man wrecking crew, in order for Grace to have a shot against Davidson. Yeah, Grace really shot themselves in the foot late in the season with the two-region losses, Chris. This will be a tough game. The thing about it is when you have one player who does it all, it's really easy to key in on him. And, you know, Davidson's one of those teams that's had success in D2 long before Grace was in the picture. Grace finally getting a playoff win. I want to go for Grace. I want to see this great story come. I just think that Davidson Academy has too much. I think that they've got more playmakers and they can keep, they have enough playmakers to still be able to make plays and key in on Hensley. You know, anything can happen in Division Two. I think there's more parity in Division Two, but, you know, I, I think that really this is going to be a tough game for Grace to win. In Class 2A, of Division Two, there we find Notre Dame playing host to FRA. I think this game is a snoozer. Uh, Notre Dame's put up 55 last week. They may put up 65 this week on FRA. Um, I just think this is all Notre Dame. Better game, in my opinion, in this um, bracket, Chandler, is BGA going up against uh, Knox Webb. I think Knox Webb's mm-hmm. a little bit better than a five and five record would indicate. Um, now I do yep. think BGA is a better football team, and I think they win. But I think that one, something about that game to me just says that has the makings of being an all-time classic. I think Notre Dame handles FRA without uh, too much problem Friday night. Yeah, this should be a pushover for Notre Dame. They've been in post. It seems like they've been in postseason form since like week five, Chris. I, I'm not sure FRA has a chance. In, in this one at all. Let's move on to the large schools. Finally, we get Macaulay back in action. We've had them as yep. our number one team. We both have had them number one uh, pretty much for the entire year in our mm-hmm. team rankings. So we both think that Macaulay's the best team in the area. Now is the time to prove it. They get Ensworth, who barely beat Father Ryan last week. Ensworth is now seven and four. Macaulay comes in at nine and one. There's two things, two thoughts I have about this. First thought is Macaulay's the more talented team. You get D'Angelo Hardy rolling. You get those guys playing the way they're capable of. That offense beginning to click. Macaulay can be hard to handle. The second thing that I think about this game is that in Division Two anybody can beat anybody. Records, rankings, mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Even talent, yeah. sometimes. It doesn't matter in Division Two. It is, it's literally a, a league where teams tend to cannibalize themselves. Yeah, Chris, I mean, it just seems like there's more parity in Division Two compared to some of the public school, you know, classifications we talk about, Chris. This was an easier win earlier this season for Macaulay, but... The thing is, we're in the playoffs now, and you get that fighting spirit under you. Your Ensworth 
anything can happen. I, I just don't see Ensworth in this one. I, I think D'Angelo Hardy is going to have a really good game, and I think this is going to be one where he blows up the stat sheet again. And, you know, I just think that McCall is going to – I mean, I, I just don't see how it is in the cards for Ensworth, although, like you said, there's a lot more parity. I talked about it with the Davidson Academy Grace game. There's a lot more parity in Division Two, and you can't deny that. You ready to do some picks, Chandler? Let's go through them. I got a one-game lead on Chandler after last week's picks, so let's <laughs> jump into this week now as we begin uh, round two of the TWSAA playoffs here on SETN Preps. Whitwell at Lookout Valley. I like Whitwell. Yeah, Chris, I like Whitwell. I don't think that Lookout Valley, I mean, it's going to take a lot for them to be able to win this game. I got Whitwell by a lot. South Pittsburgh and Gordonsville, I think it's close. Um, I think it's tight. If this game were being played at South Pittsburgh, I'd feel much better about it. Pirates going on the road. I'm going to take South Pittsburgh with the win. Chris, I think that this is going to be a really close game. You know, I just, it's hard to pick this one, being that it's on the road in Gordonsville, South Pittsburgh. They're not going to look over them, but I do think that there's a sense that they think that this is not the biggest game of their season. This is not the game that matters most. You would think that they're thinking Wibble and Green Bay matters more. I got to go, I got to go against South Pittsburgh in this one. I think Gordonsville is primed here for the upset, and they've got the motive to do it. All right, so there's one game this week that we uh, we differ on. Let's go to uh, 2A, and I've got uh, Meigs County big time over Rockwood. Yeah, I, and, you know, earlier in the season, this one was like 49-0 or something like that, Chris. I, I just don't think Rockwood can, can be able to manage anything Meigs County is going to throw at them. And I like Tyner over Trousdale County. And I think this has the makings of uh, of being a great one. I just think Tyner, and I've seen I've seen Trousdale County in person. I've seen a lot of highlights on Tyner this year. I just think Tyner has, they got more dudes. You know, Tyner's got more guys that can make plays and make you pay than what Trousdale does right now. Trousdale's a lot of Kevont Baines. Yeah, and Chris, I, you know, I've gone back and forth on this one when I was looking at this one, trying to figure out who I wanted to pick. I think this is a really close game. I think it's going to be one of the better games in the state, if not the best game in the state this week. My gut tells me there's an upset brewing, Chris, but i got to go with Tyner because they've not proven me wrong this season. They've not proven that they deserve uh, me to give them a loss this season, Chris. All right, let's go to 3A now. Red Bank and Sequatchie County. Again, Chandler, I think Sequatchie County's got a real good shot in this one, especially if the weather can get kind of mucky. But I think top to bottom, I think Red Bank has a better roster. Um, I think the 22 guys that Red Bank will put out there on both sides of the field has got a little bit of an edge over Sequatchie County. That's the reason why I'm taking Red Bank. Chris, I think this is going to be a really close game. And, and I think it's going to come down to whether it rains or not. And I'm going to think it's going to come down to whether or not Sequatchie County can slow down the, the players and keep up with the players from Red Bank. Because, you know, sometimes we don't get to see the true speed of these teams until they face each other. We can look on the film, but we don't know how they're going to match up. For me, I think it's going to rain. I think I think the Sequatchie County's past defense is better than what most are giving it credit for. I'm going to go with Sequatchie County in this one by a slim, slim margin, Chris. Way to step out there, Chandler. I like it. In 4A, 
uh, yeah, we don't have anybody, and I really don't. I mean, unless you've got thoughts on Tullahoma and Marshall County, we'll keep uh, we'll keep going. Let's go to uh, 5A where we've got Oak Ridge and Soddy Daisy. Chandler, I really, really want to pull for Soddy Daisy. I really want them to win this. But history tells me that it doesn't happen, that Oak Ridge walks away with a win on Friday night. Yeah, Chris, I, I think the Oak Ridge is favored in this. I think Oak Ridge is the better team. That being said, I think Soddy Daisy has it in the cards. I think if they can get the passing game going, they can win this one. I've got Saudi Daisy in this because I think there's going to be a moment in that game where it's going to go Saudi Daisy's way. I think that this this Saudi Daisy team has been a team of destiny, Chris. I mean, you think about all the things that could have happened. They could have either been the fourth seed or the first seed going into the last game of the season, Chris, and they ended up being the first seed. I think this is a team of destiny, and I think they're going to win this game. In 6A now, we've got Farragut hosting Ottawa. Udawa is our last team left in 6A. I think Udawa is done after Friday night. I think Farragut gets the win. Yeah, I think these are two really good teams, Chris. I think that right now Farragut is just more complete. And, and we talk about Udawa being really com- a really complete team all season, Chris, but they're not to the complete, you know, the completeness that these Knoxville teams are. You know, there's there's a whole different level I got Farragut in this one, but probably closer than what most people would think. In Division Two, Class A, Davidson Academy hosting Chattanooga Grace. It's been a great year for Grace. Nice story. Get the first playoff win last week. Cade Tinsley may be the, the guy in town that should be talked about more, should be getting more attention than what he is. He's a fantastic athlete. All that being said, I think Davidson Academy goes to 11-0 and and they get the win Friday. Yeah, I'm not going to argue that, Chris. I think that Davidson Academy, Davidson Academy here, is the better team overall. Just every every facet of the game, I think they get the win. Move on to Division Two, Class Two A, where Notre Dame will knock off Franklin Road Academy on uh, Friday. Chandler, who do you like? I got I got to go with Notre Dame on this one. I have no. No, I just think they're being postseason form for so long that we don't even know what their true postseason form is, Chris. McCauley and Ensworth on uh, Friday night. I, again, it, I think Division Two in the Class 3A, the large schools, I think these are the toughest games to pick because, again, I, I think just about anybody could knock off anybody else. But I, I'm going to take McCauley in this one. I don't feel – great about it it's not a it's not a real confident pick but i like mccauley to knock off Ensworth. yeah chris i mean mccauley's been the best team in, in our area for so you know for this year for so long but also the fact is, is once you get in division two i don't think we're gonna have a very confident pick with mccauley anytime for the rest of this postseason but I, i'm with you i think i gotta go with mccauley even though i'm not completely confident about it i'm more confident then I probably will be next week, Chris. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. If, uh, and if McCauley wins on uh, this week, they would get most likely Memphis University School, uh, who's taken on Pope John Paul uh, on Friday, and I think MUS pretty much waltzes all over them. So it, it's going to set up a McCauley-MUS matchup 
in the in the semifinals. So, and I think that will be a tough one for McCauley. So, we'll see how it all ends up uh, playing out this week, as uh, that will do it for us here on SETN Preps podcast. All right, let's see. What all do we need to tell you about this week? Um, make sure you check us out on Facebook. If you haven't already, go like our page. Go to facebook.com slash SETN Preps. You can find us there. The podcast every week when it comes out gets posted there. So if you happen to miss it somewhere, uh, maybe you don't have your phone on you and, you're, and you can't listen to your uh, to the podcast uh, that way, you can always pull up Facebook on your laptop, your desktop, you know, your tablet, whatever, and be able to check it out there. Now, if you're a, an iTunes subscriber, thank you. And if you're not, you should be. Go to iTunes, go to the search bar, and type in the Southeast TN Prep Podcast. Do a search. You'll find us. Our snazzy-looking logo will pop up, and you make sure that you click subscribe, rate, and review us while you're there. We would definitely appreciate it, and check us out on iTunes. We do this twice a week. We're going to continue to do it twice a week now, so we'll be back with you again on Monday. And Chandler, we're going to take a look back at the games from this week, and we're going to continue to roll down this highway as long as we can. As long as we've got some high school football to talk about, we're going to continue to talk about it. So looking forward to next week. Uh, I, you know, you and I talked about it before the games were played last week, Chandler. We talked about it after the games had been played, about how blah – a lot of first-round playoff games can be and about how a lot of them aren't very competitive. In round two, especially with some of the matchups we've got, Trousdale County and Tyner, South Pittsburgh and Gordonsville, some of those real traditional powers now starting to hook up, I think we're going to see a much different story and a lot more competitive games this week. Chandler and I will be back with you next week. We'll wrap things up. Uh, as uh, we take a look back at what happened on Friday night, and then later on we'll get you ready for the quarterfinals of the TSSAA playoffs. This has been SETN Preps. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll talk to you again next week.